Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to the Happiness Is podcast with me, your host, Bruce Aitchison from Happiness Is Egg Shaped. And we are joined with a very special guest in the name of a very special person for a cause that is very special and means a lot to you and I, definitely. Um, and it's also for a ridiculously special event that is coming up very soon. And we hope you're going to get behind and support or potentially you're one of the people who's jumping on a bike for all roads lead to Rome. That's allegedly what I'm going to be doing. Uh, I have done some training, I promise, and I'm wearing my kit. And I hope that everybody is getting excited for it. We've got the small matter of Scotland against England between now and then, but we are heading to Italy en masse in the name of Doddy Weir to raise awareness of MND and funds for the My Name is Doddy Foundation. And why? Because we need people like tonight's guest to do the research and to keep us moving towards that ultimate goal that we are all striving for. I am joined, I think this is the first professor we've had. We have spoken to some, but the first professor who has had their own pod. It's Tom Gillingswater from Edinburgh University, the Centre for Discovery Brain Sciences, the Ewan MacDonald Centre for MND Research. And what this man hasn't done in research in brain and neuroscience, I would love to know. But let's hear what he has been doing. The one and the only... Prof Tom. Hello, sir. How are you? Good evening, Bruce. Very well, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Well, I'm absolutely delighted to have you. Now, you've been part of this All Roads Lead to Rome already because some of my team mates have been to visit you at Edinburgh Uni and you were giving them a tour around and you were giving them a bit of background. How important is it to have visitors and show them that environment and show them the work that it is you're doing? You know, it's absolutely key because science, research, the, the work we do to try and find 
treatments for, for patients with, with MND is done by people. It's human beings who go to work every day, like everyone goes to work every day. And, you know, you can get your momentum lost a bit. You can lose the, the kind of pizzazz a bit. And when people come and show an interest in you and they, they care about what you do, they want to hear about what you do, and you can then tell them, and they can use that information to raise awareness, to understand what's going on, to try and, you know, use the funds that are raised and the awareness that's that happening to to genuinely find treatments that work for MND. It, it's a game changer. So lots and lots of people, young people in my lab who are incredibly talented scientists, they were just so excited by it. It was wonderful to see, see your team. Um, and it helps us, I hope, just as much as we could help you. It's interesting you say that the you go to work every day. Uh, some people go to work every day and at the end of the day, they can show you exactly what they've made or, or what they've done. Or And for you, a lot of your work, the results take time before, before you can see them. How do you keep the motiva motivation going for you and, and your team? Well, when, when you're working to try and understand the disease like MND and you're trying to identify treatments for it, you don't have to look very far for inspiration. You know, people like Doddy. I mean, a giant of a man in every way and leaving a legacy well beyond what your average person could leave. Um, and Doddy's not alone. You know, there's currently lots of other people in the media who are brave enough to be patients with MND who are willing to tell their story, share their lives with, with the world. Um, so it's incredibly motivating. And the fact that we really don't have a huge amount of options at the minute in terms of uh, treatment, also, we don't really understand the totality of the disease either, means that this is a real challenge. Um, and that might put some people off. But for lots of scientists, we like challenges. We want to work on something meaningful and we want to get stuck into something where we think we can make a difference. And I certainly think that MND is a disease, a condition that is very, um, it binds you emotionally but it also presents a real scientific challenge for us. I wish it wasn't so complex. I wish I wish we could find easy solutions. But as you'll be aware, Bruce, and everyone I'm, I'm sure listening is as well, it's it's not a low-hanging fruit. We've, we've really got to fight to understand this disease and develop effective therapies. You put so much in one answer there, Tom, um, because you, you mentioned there about emotion and being attached to it. We... I'm not sure if we've chosen, but we've become part of this MND community and, and we talk about it a lot. I talk about it a lot. Um, directly impacted? No. Um, but I know people who are and, and obviously Doddy was a buddy of mine and, uh, you know, you and McDonald, I know. So th there is a connection, but we, we could have gone away and been part of something else. But this community has come together. So you're doing a job, but you're doing it with passion, motivation, the emotion. You, you spoke about being inspired, about motivating your team. That's that's so important, isn't it, to, to see a future in what it is you're doing? Yeah, 100%. I mean, it really is. It's, it's a team game. It's a team sport. I mean, doing science now, it, it's not like the days of Isaac Newton, right? Or, you know, you can sit under a tree Apple hits you on your bonce and you come up with a great idea. <laughs> but it's not modern science. Um, it's an incredibly complex beast. It needs teams of people with complementary skills, um, complementary ideas, ways of looking at problems and, and solving problems. And actually, it's 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 a challenge that you know you want to rise to. You want you want to do that kind of research. Um, the problem, of course, always is that 
I've got to try and recruit the best minds into my research team. But I'm competing with even in just the area of neuroscience, there's Alzheimer's disease, there's dementia, uh, there's multiple sclerosis. And then, you know, you go out and you look at the cancers and the heart. There's so many areas where bright scientists can go and ply their trade and, you know, commit a life's work to. So we have to fight our corner. We, we need to be visible. We need to show people that this is an exciting area to work in and that it, it genuinely can deliver change. And I'm an optimist. Uh, I'm, I'm not someone that um, thinks there's a cure two years away. I think that's that's a pipe dream. But, you know, will we have hopefully effective therapies that can at least intervene in some shape and form? Yeah, I absolutely believe we can. And um, it's a case of us working as fast and as hard as we can to get there um, so that people like Doddy, their families, you and and, and lots and lots of people living with this condition around the world now and, and patients of the future who are going to develop this uh, this condition have the best support we can give them. And, and that's, um, uh, that's, that's a good thing to get out of bed in the morning for. That's an incredible answer, Tom. Thank you. Um, you you've mentioned Doddy's name a few times there, probably a little bit more than I have. So um, let, let's go with two phases of time. Hmm. Let's go before Doddy and the Foundation and what that was like for MND research and progress, and then give us a snapshot of what's happened since then. So I think if we go back, certainly, you know, I, I started working in, in scientific research, really finished my degree and went into doing research science in 1998. And at the time, did you know about motor neuron disease? Yes, if, if you scratch the surface. Um, was it at the forefront of the public imagination? No. Was it easy to generate research funding for? Absolutely not. There wasn't an awareness. There wasn't a presence of the disease. There wasn't a, uh, a critical mass of people working on it, which is what you need in any of these fields. As I say, you can't. it's not one person going to solve this. It's teams locally and international networks. And they were kind of forming, but it was piecemeal and there wasn't really a, a kind of momentum to it. And then I think certainly in Scotland, there was a real turning point, if I may say, in 2007 when Ewan McDonald, you've already mentioned Ewan, um, a wonderful chap uh, and his family, Donald, his father, um, gave uh, an incredible philanthropic donation to the University of Edinburgh to establish a specific motor neuron disease research centre. And this idea academically was very much driven by uh, a colleague of mine, Richard Ribchester, who had the idea that people who worked on this disease didn't talk enough. We didn't come together enough. We didn't discuss ideas, share problems. And so Richard, working with um, the McDonald's, really kind of catalyzed this centre. And that was a game changer. It started bringing people, certainly in the Edinburgh area, together to work on MND. But it also allowed us to stretch our wings beyond that. And it really went throughout Scotland. And then that builds you into international networks, which is now what's required. So that was kind of 2007 onwards. And there was a real push and a development around then. There was a genuine feeling of, of going somewhere and doing something. Um, it brought a lot more clinical services in as well as just research. And one thing that I think is really important for understanding MND and for treating it is having clinical science and research science side by side. That's the way of the future. So that started to happen. 
But even then, the public awareness really wasn't great. And as horrible as it is to say it, you need someone famous who will put their head above the parapet and say, yeah, this is me. And Doddy did that. And as I said earlier, I mean, what a legacy. I, I cannot even begin to imagine how brave you need to be to do that. I can imagine that for a lot of people, the impetus would be to hide and to not share it. And he was the opposite, wasn't he? I mean, as a man that was full of life, you couldn't, you know, you couldn't knock him. And I remember he, you know, he came to meet me a couple of times in Edinburgh and genuinely larger than life. I mean, I'm six foot two, but when you're looking up like this at someone and, you know, and he's, he, you know, puts his arms around your shoulder and says, come on, we'll sort this. I mean, you can't really say no. It's, <laughs> he's, he's like that, isn't he? You know, that, that, that's, that's what he was like. And I think Doddy, and then, you know, you look at people like Rob Burrow, Kevin Sinfield now as well, um, you know, the Derby Rimmer Foundation. There are lots of people, largely in the sports world, um, which is, you know, I think in a way perhaps helpful because people can see it's not just one person, it's multiple people, all sorts of backgrounds and things. And and that has really, and, and all the work that's been done by the foundation, working in you know in collaboration with many of the other charities, MND Scotland and these other incredible groups that are committed to really developing effective therapies and treatments for, for MND. They have gone out there and, and changed the whole landscape. You know, I mean, having special sections on BBC Breakfast, for example. I mean, like you couldn't have imagined that 10, 15 years ago. And so it's awareness and that's become into the public psyche. You know, I go down the street to buy a loaf of bread and you'll see someone with a dod, you know, my name's Doddy Snood on, or you'll see people with a tartan and you just, you realize there's now a genuine awareness of it. And if I say to people now, well, I work on MND, you'll go, oh, that's, that's incredible. You know, I know about that. Oh, I saw that program on Doddy or, you know, people are aware of it. And in a way, yeah, they're aware of how horrible it can be. And, and there's no hiding from that. This is not something you would ever want or wish on anyone. Um, but also there's an awareness that, you know, we need to do more. Um, the, the level of support that was out there for MND just pales into insignificance compared to cancer and heart disease and things. And, you know, Doddy, the Doddy Foundation has been a catalyst in trying to change that. Change, change the, the landscape, change the view people have, get people to commit time, resources, money. Um, and that takes us to where we are now. And, you know, as I look at the landscape of what's going on in the research field, there are new ideas coming through. There are clinical trials launching. There are, you know, Scotland has one of the best clinical trial platforms, the MND Smart platform. And there are other ones, experts, ALS trial platform launching, all these terms that could seem quite scary. But it's all positive. These are all things that, you know, I think if we hadn't had that momentum from the foundation, um, it, it simply wouldn't have happened. It is, it is that simple. It, it's great. I love hearing the passion and, and the positivity in, in your voice. I, I've spoken to others involved in the area you're working in, Dr. Judy Newton, uh, Sean McGrath, various people who speak similarly with, with passion and positivity. The, one of the big challenges that I was made aware of recently is how important it is to collaborate with others. And you mentioned that, and there are centres in, in Leeds, obviously, through Rob Burrow Connection. Edinburgh has become, I don't know, almost like HQ, I suppose it, it feels like for this. 
but it's important that there's collaboration because although there's a number of different hiring for your small business if you're not looking for professionals on linkedin you're looking in the wrong place that's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Different foundations and charities working towards it. It's all ultimately with the same goal, isn't it? How how do you manage a situation like that? How do you manage research centres in different spaces? Um, with an awful lot of human contact and trust. It's again, it's like I was saying, this is a human, this is a human activity. Research is a human activity. You've got to build bonds, you've got to trust people you work with, they've got to trust you. Um, you've got to be open, collaborative, share. And and that is something which absolutely is happening in the MND world. Um, it's it's a multinational enterprise, and there's no way of escaping that. If you just look at my own research lab, I have researchers from the UK, absolutely, but we have Taiwanese, we have Belgian, we have French, uh, people from literally all around the world come to work in Edinburgh in my lab on this problem. And likewise, you could go to a lab in Australia, and there'll be people from all around the world who have congregated to work in that lab. And then these labs need to talk to each other and they need to share ideas and they need to come up with you know, potential solutions and you know, maybe say, well, that didn't work. So let's try something else. Or, um, oh, I found this and you found that. Let's put the two together and see if we can, you know, two and two make three almost and, and be better than the sum of the parts. So there's an awful lot of that going on now. And it's, it's absolutely what the world of research is. It's a, it's a collaborative enterprise and the more people you can get involved, the more people who are good, have got good ideas, have got good skills, the better the chances are of us developing effective therapies and understanding the disease. And that is still a challenge. You know, developing therapies when you really don't understand the disease is hard. And so there's a big element of pushing that side of research, which doesn't necessarily perhaps sound as exciting. It might be, well, you know, it's not going to lead to the pill that the patients can take, but it can still be just as important because it lays the groundwork that will then lead to the subsequent discoveries, as well as all the emerging things like clinical trials now, where there are opportunities for patients to be involved with this kind of work. Um, and, you know, obviously we hope very much that the, these trials will be positive, that they will identify therapies that work. So yeah, there's an awful lot going on. But again, it's got to be collaborative. It's got to be something where you bring people together to work on the problem. And managing it is just a human exercise. It needs people like yourself and his people at the Dolly Foundation, MND Scotland, MNDA, um, committed academics, clinicians who will go the extra yard, you know, who will put aside their evening to help organize the next meeting that people will talk at or who will, you know, organize that trip to the local primary school. 
and say, no, have you heard about this disease? You know, let's tell you about it. You know, let's let's get some awareness. And that matters because this isn't going to be solved in the next year. I wish it was. I, I hope I'm completely and utterly wrong. But being realistic, that's probably not the case. So, you know, if someone like yourself, when you're on your bike ride, goes and does a workshop in a school, there might be one kid in that class who sits and thinks, oh, wow, I want to work on that. And 10 years down the line, 15, 20 years down the line, they might be the one person that makes that big breakthrough. And that wouldn't happen if someone like yourself or people who are you know out there and willing to do awareness as well as fundraising are, are, are not doing it. And the more people we get engaged, get involved, the better. So it's an exciting time to be in MND research. I just really, you know, we have to temper our expectations a little bit. This is not the cures around the corner. I wish it was, but it's not. But this is a time when I feel there's genuine momentum. And so people like yourselves, you know, the, the, the funds you can raise to support it, the awareness you can you can raise by all your activities. This is just critical to the whole enterprise. The ecosystem of MD research is not just scientists or patients or clinicians or fundraisers. It's all of the above, plus the families, plus the public, all coming together to make a difference. And that's really where I think the more we can push that, that the better things will be. Tom, it's an absolute joy listening to you. Um, so can we look into the crystal ball then and, and try and give some perspective? I think that's probably, there's the hope and the optimism, of course there is, and, and I hope we'll never lose that, but some perspective. What what could we expect to happen in the next five years? What would we expect in the next 10 years? I, I know I'm asking you almost an impossible question, but... You know, we, I think a lot of us began this when Doddy was diagnosed with the, oh, well, you know, we'll get a cure soon. Um, and now speaking to people like yourselves, seeing the amount of money that it takes to make breakthroughs, this is not a short term gig. Um, what, what What is a breakthrough? What What does the treatment look like for someone suffering with MND? It's an excellent question, and you're right, I don't have a simple answer. I think the best I can try and explain it is to take a step back and acknowledge that MND is not one disease. Every patient with MND will have often a slightly different form of it, and that might be due to different genetics, different changes in your genes that have caused the disease. It might be in the speed with which the disease progresses in a patient. There are a whole range of factors that influence this. So we are going to need something that is probably moving into an era of slightly segmenting MND patients. And for some of those patients, I think the hopes of fast appearing therapies are high. For example, if there's a very specific genetic form of MND that can be targeted with some of the technologies that are being developed, incredibly clever um, little like molecular patches that trick genes into not doing what they are doing and you know, things that are, are game-changing in the world of, of medicine if they are against a specific form of MND they might well be successful and there's already signs of treatments things like tofersin is something that you and your listeners may have heard of but that is a drug that treats one really specific and small group of patients so we might see that kind of thing speed up and Lots of these bespoke little treatments that work for specific subgroups of patients work. 
But I think the more general picture in five to 10 years, I would hope that we can establish what I would call disease-modifying therapies that may act regardless of what type of MND you have, whereby we understand enough about the biology of the body and the way that it breaks down in the disease to intervene. Now, it's not going to reverse the disease, I don't think. I think the 10-year horizon, that's just off, that's off the cards to me. I think we're looking at something that will genuinely slow the progression and it will allow patients to have a better quality of life for longer. And that's often what I hear is really most important. You know, you, you sometimes set out thinking everyone's going to say, well, I want to live for 50 years more. But actually, that's very rarely what you hear. People say, do you know what? I want to be able to brush my teeth myself for longer. I don't want to have to rely on someone to lift my cup up for me. That, that's the stuff that some the day-to-day in your life can matter. And that's what I hope we'll be able to develop. And in, in the first kind of frontier of therapies, there will be treatments that can modify the disease course and severity to make it less impactful on the patients and give them, the, give them that better quality of life for longer. And you know, I'm, I can absolutely not, say that that will definitely happen in 10 years i hope it will and there's certainly an awful lot of effort and energy going into making it happen um but as always science is a she's a difficult mistress and things that you think are going to work go horribly wrong and then all of a sudden something pops up you've never thought of and bingo it works so there'll be a huge amount of luck unfortunately um but we've just got to give ourselves the best chance of stumbling upon these treatments or you know, identifying where where we might be able to target. And I genuinely think that there is a big groundswell of activity in that area. So, yeah, that would be my, my best guess is disease-modifying therapies um, within the next 10 years. But I would never want to promise. Yeah. I hope you get lucky, Tom. I hope you get lucky. I think with all the graphs you're putting in, you deserve a bit. Um, so let's. you, you mentioned it there, and, and, and you've been very kind and very generous with, with a lot of your comments on on the work that people are are doing to keep it going obviously the reason we've come into contact is because of the team that i'm part of and we're, we're getting on our bikes and we're heading to rome as there are a whole bundle of other teams and we're going to congregate in rome and um you know it'll be a wonderful thing and the community will come together and we'll laugh and we'll joke and we'll tell stories and we'll share a beer and we'll watch some rugby and but it's always with the purpose and I've I've listened to people who have done some of these ridiculous challenges that have been associated mostly with Doddy's Foundation, but you know the the work to to try and keep this in the forefront of the media. Mm-hmm. Kevin Simfield, who seems to be able to run forever, um, but also to raise money and and that will be the driving force when we find it difficult. Look, this is for something bigger than us. You've mentioned it there, but it's so important to have these harebrained ideas that just seem ludicrous to allow you to do the stuff you're doing a hundred percent i'll take my hat off to you uh, you know the thought of cycling all the way to i mean that's not easy you know everyone knows that's not easy and i'm sure there'll be times when you'd rather stop you know the, the legs say not enough or you know the local taverna you pass calls you to just you know pull the bike up and wet ones, <laughs> whistle with something but you know Please just do remember that, you know, what you're doing, that commitment, that drive, that's what that's what Doddy showed. That's what he did with with his um, stance he took and the bravery he showed. And that's what we do in the research labs every day, try and deliver. And, you know, you are playing a key part of that. So I wish you all the best. I really do. And 
um, I hope that Rome treats you well and that it's nice and warm and you know all these kind of things and a good result in the rugby wouldn't be bad either, would it? But um, no, it, it's wonderful and it, it's making a difference. It really is. So yeah, I, I take my hat off to you. I really do. And and I um, you know I don't I can't speak on behalf of all all scientists, but I'm pretty sure that I'd have a unanimous view of my colleagues that would say you know we 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 thank you for everything you do and all your supporters. You know people might think, well, I've only chipped in a couple of quid. A couple of quid can make all the difference. Or just having a chat to your kid at the dinner table about, oh, did you learn about MND today? That can make all the difference. And so, you know, thank you to all of you for all you do, for supporting us, letting us do what we do. And, uh, yeah, all the best getting to Rome. Tom, it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you. Um, I hope at some point I'm going to be able to come in and, and visit. Uh, I promise I won't touch anything. Uh, <laughs> But uh, I mean, the, the work that you're doing, we we talk on these things and, and we talk amongst ourselves about the science and the 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 research. And, you know, we want a breakthrough and all the time we're we're meeting new people who have been diagnosed and, and we hear stories of inspiration and perseverance and determination that that keep us going. But I love that you've come on and you've spoken to us and you've made it quite real. Um, thank you for all that you do and your team do. Uh, please keep it going. I'm beginning to get a little bit emotional here. Um, but it's a part of the MND community we don't always get to interact with just because that's that's how it goes. But I'm, I'm glad that you're part of it and please keep it going and, and thank you and, and all the very best. Thank you absolutely amazing to have someone like that on our team um so this crazy challenge that we've got you can go to dottiesgrandslam.com we're all over social media too you can donate you can help us you've heard how important these things are no matter how big or how small your donation is trust me it's very much appreciated um the numbers that are on our logo are to do number one paul rendell number four ed slater number five doddy weir number seven Rob Burrow because those are the people that are inspiring us to have a crack at this. Uh, Rob Wainwright came up with the idea. Ian Barr and Rob Boynes then took it to a whole new level and recruited a, a band of unbelievable humans. Trust me, the, the work that is going on behind the scenes to make this happen. And there's there's a few of us jumping on a bike to do it, but it's all, all part of this legacy from Doddy Weir to raise awareness MND and funds for the My Name is Doddy Foundation. If you can, please get involved. And if nothing else, just send us a good luck message and keep us going. If you enjoyed this, you can listen on Apple, Acast, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch on Facebook and YouTube. Um, be inspired, get involved, join us, jump on your bike and come along for the ride. I hope you enjoyed it. We'll be back with more before we set off and then there'll be a whole heap of social media nonsense while we're there and in the aftermath and fingers and legs and everything else crossed that I make it to Rome. My name is Bruce Aitchison from the Happiness Is podcast. My happiness is egg-shaped for the My Name is Doddy Foundation. Speak to you all very, very soon. Thank you. Mom 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.